0: Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. If you look at life generally, you would realize that attitude defines everything. Attitude defines how much you can get from a relationship. Attitude defines how much you can get from anything, you know, a relationship, a school, when you're being taught. The kind of attitude you put towards something will determine to a very large extent how much you're able to get from that, praise God. Now, let's go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and we are going to read verse 10 to 12. Acts chapter 17 and verse 10, the Bible says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who, coming theater went into the synagogue. Of the Jews. Verse 11 says. These were more noble. Than those in Thessalonica. In that. They received the word. With all readiness of mind. And I want you to observe that. In that they received the word. With all readiness of mind. In that they received the word with all readiness of mind. Now, I want you to observe the word readiness of mind. Now, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. That means the things Paul taught. Praise God. Now, one of the things we observe is that Paul does a comparison between two regions. He does a comparison between Thessalonica and the Berean believers. Now, if you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, you will find the comparison of the Thessalonican Christians. But the key thing I want you to observe as we go through the scriptures is the issue of the readiness of mind. The readiness of mind to receive the word. What are we looking at? We're looking at the concept of our attitude to the word of God. Now, if our attitude to God's word does not improve, we cannot get the best from the word of God. Praise God. If our attitude from God's word does not improve, we cannot get the best from the word. Great. Now these were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with great eagerness. They received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. So Paul specifically talks about the attitude of the Berean Christians. Paul talks about the attitude of the Berean Christians. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Now you're going to observe something else. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. Now, the key thing I want us to pick essentially is the attitude of the two regions towards the word of God. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul says, let's look at verse 12. Let's start from verse 11, verse 10, 9. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day, so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. So what Paul was saying was that they had to walk to be able to supply their needs so they can preach to the saints in Thessalonians. Now verse 10, you are witnesses and so God is, how devoutly and uprightly and blameless we behaved towards you believers. Verse 11, just as you know how we are exalted. And encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father who is his own children. And this is very important when Paul begins to talk about the teaching of the word or the atmosphere of the local church. And one of the key things we must understand is that, I mean, sometimes we have it to the extreme right now, but one of the things we observe very strongly is that the atmosphere of the local church should be like an atmosphere of family. That's that's something we must build into every local church. It doesn't matter how big the church is or how um, small the church is, one of the key components of the apostolic ministry or one of the key components of the New Testament church is to build the church in a relational model. One of the key things people should be able to pick within the context of coming into the church is relationships that will enhance their work, praise God. Now, because what we have, especially nowadays as we get into the 21st century, we don't have that relationship model. We don't have that um, relational atmosphere sometimes in church what we what we have is almost like a business sense kind of thing like you know the pastor is the ceo and then you've got all of this so it's it's very transactional it's not relational and that is why we find it also difficult to help people when people sin because when people sin in church they rather instead of coming to church to find help they rather go somewhere else or stop coming to church and, um, um, totally. You see, but one of the things you must understand is that if we treat people as family, our approach sometimes to when people are hurt or or, or falling into sin or something happens, our approach is going to be different entirely. It will be like your own child having committed an offense. What approach are you going to use? Are you going to throw the child away? I know some of you will, but are you going to throw the child away? No, you will not. What are you going to do? You're going to do everything to try to do what? To restore that child. Is that not what Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6? That if any man is taken up by fault, what's happening? We who are spiritual. Let's read that. Galatians 6. Galatians 6.1 Praise God. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Okay. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, in any trespass, but you know, one of our greatest challenge is that in our mind, we have categories of trespass. Like, fornication is top, top there, and da, da, da. But envy is okay, we can, that's not a trespass, it's just okay to be angry. Praise God. But the Bible says, if any man is overtaken in how many trespasses? Any trespass, You who are spiritual, restore such a one in what? In a spirit of what? I can't hear you. In a spirit of what? Gentleness. So, the spirit with which we restore people is as important as the restoration. We don't, we don't try to restore people with a self-righteous spirit. That's not, that's not what family is. If people are overtaken in a fault, we don't come and say, yes, we told you. Yes, you see your life now. In fact, we don't go that way. We restore such a one with what? The spirit of gentleness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. What is the temptation right there? The temptation right there is not that you will be tempted with the sin with which that person fell, but you will be tempted to fall into the sin of self-righteousness. Are you following? Because self-righteousness is a sin. How many of you know self-righteousness is a sin? We cannot self righteous We are righteous only because God has made us righteous. So if something is happening to you, and I'm trying to restore you, I'm going to do it with the spirit of gentleness. I'm not going to do it with the attitude of self-righteousness. Are you you following what I'm saying? And that is very key. That is very, very key in trying to restore our brothers. Okay. So let's go back now to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll do verse 13. Verse 13. So, verse, verse 11, that's where we start. Just as you know how we're exalting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. So, the the the, the heart which Paul was teaching was that of a father and son. So that you would work in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. The King James Version says, "Who calls you to share in His kingdom and His glory?" Verse thirteen. And I, I really spent time to teach to teach on verse twelve uh, in the Parako Church yesterday on how God. It is God's pleasure to give us the kingdom. And God wants us to share his glory with him in the sense that we co-labor with God to bring his kingdom to the earth. So I give them an example. I was teaching yesterday evening. Let's say in Acts, um, Cornelius was given arms and praying. But Cornelius needed to hear the gospel to be born again. What happens? An angel of the Lord comes to Cornelius and tells, it, tells him that Cornelius to send men to Joppa to get Peter. Right. And then the Lord appears to Peter and says, men are coming for you. And they're going to, Cornelius is coming for you. Now Peter had to travel all that journey to the house of Cornelius to preach. Now the question is, why didn't just the angel preach to Cornelius? Because it is not the responsibility of angels to preach. It is even not the responsibility of God to preach to people. Whose responsibility it is. It's our responsibility. And so there is this co-laboring that we need to be able to see the kingdom and the glory of God manifested. And that is why if you don't lay hands on the sick, you will not see miracles. Although God can heal people irrespective of you, but God wants you to partake in that. Matthew puts it this way. It is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And we must see ourselves as such. We must see ourselves as people who are collaborating with God to bring his kingdom on the earth. When we're coming today, they sent me a testimony from Worry Church. Uh, during the camp meeting, during the healing night, I gave a word of knowledge about someone who had operation but was not properly healed. And when we lay hands on the sick and the guy had an operation was not properly uh, healed, was experiencing pains and um, well, he got healed that night but he wasn't so sure so he went back to the hospital checked him again. All the pains were gone, totally healed. Now if I didn't Respond to the word of knowledge I felt in my spirit, and made that call. Probably God could have healed him some whatever way, or probably he could have, he could have still been with the pains. What am I saying entirely? We are co-laborers with God. We have a responsibility to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. Praise the name of the Lord, and it's through our hands and through our mouth that that will be done. Let's go on. He says, verse thirteen. For this reason. We also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but for what it is, what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Now, Let's go back to Acts chapter seventeen. Our attitude to the word. Acts chapter seventeen and verse eleven. Acts seventeen, eleven. Now these were more noble minded than those in Thessalonica. So we've read about those in Thessalonica now. That's what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. For they received the word with great eagerness. The Amplified Version talks about readiness. They received the word with readiness of mind. When we are being taught the word of God, what's our attitude towards the word? How do we receive the word? You know, I mean, God has given me the privilege to teach in several places, several nations. But I have realized that there are places you go to, and as you are teaching the word, it's almost like the people are extracting the anointing. There's a pool of the word from you. Why? There's an excitement about receiving the word. There's an excitement about learning the word. And you go into some other areas, and you realize it's like you're pouring water on the back of a duck. Why? Because there is no eagerness of mind to receive the word. Now, culturally, it was said about the Jews that if they were to read the scriptures, then like the Torah, if they were to read the Torah, one of the things they were to do was to wash their hands. Why? It was just reverence for the word. And gradually, as we move on in our age and day, one of the things we're losing so much is our reverence for the word. You can be teaching God's word, and you find out, oh, somebody walks out, goes and takes a phone call, and comes back. Or you can be teaching the word, the person is not writing, just listening, not taking notes, Nothing. Or you can be teaching the word and there are all kinds of distractions going on around the person and makes the person not to be able to receive the word. We cannot have a wrong attitude to the word and get the best out of the word. Praise God. What did I say? We cannot have a wrong attitude to the word and do what? And get the best out of the word. We must understand as a matter of fact that the word is God's final solution to any problem you'll ever have. God's word. You know, many people do not mind spending money to go to a lot of places, travel here, go on vacation and all that. But have you ever thought that sometimes people find it difficult to spend money to go for meetings, teaching meetings? Why? They don't see the value. They, 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 if you ask any people, would you make a, 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 a sacrifice to go for a teaching meeting? They don't see why they should do that. I remember many years ago, I listened to a testimony by, by, uh, by Brother Copeland. Um, it's one of the Southwest Believers Convention. Way, way, way started. There was this guy from Jamaica. He, was, he had a job. He was listening to Brother Copeland. He wanted to attend Southwest Believers Convention. Now, Southwest Believers Convention is a week of meetings. So it starts at about Monday night and finishes Sunday night. So it's one week just teaching morning, afternoon, and evening. And his boss, I'm not saying you should do this. I'm just giving you an example. (laughs) His boss did not give him permission. The guy's boss did not give him permission to attend the meeting. And the guy just told him, well, If you don't give me permission, I'm going to resign. I'm going for that meeting. So the guy resigned his job and went for the meeting. Like I said, I'm not saying you should do that. Just telling you what someone else did. And uh, so, because of the way he came for the meeting, it got to the knowledge of Brother Copeland. So, well, at that time, Believer's Convention was not so big. Right now, it's one of the largest Christian gatherings. so he got to the knowledge of Brother Copeland. So Brother Copeland got to talk with him and said, wow, wow. Um, almost like, really like you didn't have to kind of resign your job. You know, that whole, you didn't have to do this. And the man said, if you believe what you are teaching, then I did not make the wrong decision. And Brother Copeland said, yes, <laughs> yes, you did. That. The guy stayed all through the meeting, went back. You Now you'll be hoping that when he goes back, a miracle will happen. And uh, they were calling back. It didn't happen that way. The guy went back, and for months he was unemployed. For months there were no job. But you know what he was doing? While he was looking for a job, he spent time meditating on the teachings he got from the Believers Convention. Spent time, spent time, spent time on them. And what happened is faith began began to rise up in his heart. And about six months later, he got a job offer that was, I mean. Almost 50 to 60 times what he was working before. Gave him more liberty, and today he's one of the highest partners of Brother Copeland's ministry. Praise God. Now, this is what I want you to get from that testimony his attitude to the word. How do we treat God's word? How do we treat the word of God? When you're being taught God's word, do you come with a familiar, yeah, I read that before, yeah, I know that before, yeah, this person has taught that before. And that's why, You discover that in the early days of your Christian walk, there was an excitement about the word. There's even how you treated your Bible. There was was how you separated yourself to study the word. But as you began to get more familiar with the word, it's like, well, Revelation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know it. I heard a message like that 10 years ago. I understand it. And you are surprised why the word is not working in your life. You cannot have a bad attitude to the word and expect the best. And I'm not just talking about church meetings. When you are even doing your morning devotion, how much separation do you have? Do you read the word a few minutes before you go to bed? You know, like you're reading and reading until the verses start mixing up. (laughs) Have you done that before? Every one of us have done it, including me. You read verse 10, verse 11, verse 12. You go back to verse 7. You go back to verse 8. You see verse 20. You now realize that the story in the Bible is not making sense. Or have you told yourself, we're going to study God's word tonight. Tonight is the night we're going to study the word. And you start studying the word. And midway, you realize that you were in your village. Having meetings with your grandmother. Then you woke up 3 o'clock and realized that the Bible was your pillow. You have actually slept off. How many of I know if you have experienced that? But how many of you know that's not the right attitude to the Word? We shouldn't be studying the Word when we are tired. Praise God. It shouldn't be the last thing we do just because we want to fulfill a religious obligation and we study the Word of God when we are tired. You've used the best part of your brain, the best part of your energy, the best part of your day for everything else. And when it comes to the word, it's your sleeping tablets. I well, I I I enjoy morning devotions. I love morning devotions and I'm grateful to my wife for helping to sustain morning devotion in our homes, but I typically am not a morning devotion person, because I walk very late into the night, so most times when I wake up in the morning, it takes me about 45 minutes to get you know, to for my mind to hit where it should hit so most morning devotions I'm there but I'm not really there, I'm just coming back <laughs> praise God And I I can't make that my source of spiritual strength. Are you following what I'm saying? While it is good to read God's word first thing in the morning and the last thing at night, if it does not work for you, find a time you are at the best peak of mind where God can speak to you and get into the word. Separate days into the word. Take some Saturday off and say, listen, I'm going to stay with the word. If we believe that the word of God is the solution to every problem we have, if we believe that, listen, this is not just uh, letters written, but this is God speaking to us. If God were to stand in front of you today and say, I want to talk to you, how much attention would you pay? You know, that's why when you come to church, it's important that you pay attention to the word. Because I can be teaching this right now. And God will be speaking solutions to certain things you have into your heart. Totally different from what I'm teaching. How many of you have experienced that? You know what happened? If, you, if you're paying attention to hear what I'm about to teach you. You're paying attention to my teaching you. What you're actually doing is opening up your spirit for God to be able to speak to you. And so we must learn once again to reverence the word. I, I, I love the charismatic. I'm moving the gifts of the spirit and all that. But you know, sometimes we charismatic can go to the extreme and become too playful with sacred things. Praise God. So they received it with eagerness of mind. The King James Version uses the word. Readiness of mind. That word readiness of mind is used about four times in the New Testament. Paul uses it a lot in, in Corinthians when he was talking about receiving offerings. Getting ready to give offerings. Okay. Now, in the Greek, it means predisposition. They receive the word with a predisposition. What is that predisp- Predisposition. I'm setting my heart to come to church on Wednesday. Pastor is going to teach the word. I'm ready to learn, to listen to what the word of God is teaching. And that is why if you, if you had a very good word foundation, you would always take notes when they are teaching. Because that's the foundation. The foundation is you take the notes while they are teaching and what happens? You go back home and throughout that week... That becomes what you study, and then the Lord begins to expound that word to you based on whatever area of need you have. Praise God. And and we must restore that culture. Predisposition of mind. Getting ready for the anointing of God to come upon us while we learn the word. Getting ready for such meetings. In one of my teaching series, I think I did it in Podako church on how to prepare for a believer's meeting. I told them how to prepare for a believer's meeting. And one of the scriptures I used is uh, when Paul in the book of Acts was teaching and the Bible says that the man was listening to Paul, his eyes was fasting in Paul and Paul, perceiving that the man had faith to be healed, told him to arise. What made that man to get his healing was the attention he was paying to what Paul was teaching. And so what I just want to exhort us this evening about is to readjust our attitude to the word. Not just when we are in church, in your personal life. When you are studying the word, eliminate distractions. You can't be studying and chatting at the same time. You can't be studying and watching football at the same time. If you want to study for 40 minutes, shut down everything and... Go go in your study time with what? With readiness of mind. Praise God. Have a notebook where you jot down the things that God is teaching you. I'll tell you this, right? The world is not going to get easier. Get into God's word. Praise God. Get into God's word. The ability to hear God might be the difference between life and death in the days ahead. Don't don't joke with your spiritual life. Get into God's word. Have that reverence for your study time. You know, most of us say, well, I don't have time to study. I'm so busy. Ah, If I tell you my schedule, even you will say, don't bother to study anymore. Don't you realize that we have time for everything else except the word of God that will sustain us? Praise God. If you're too busy for the word, you're getting too busy. Let's look at the statement by Job. Job 23 verse 12. Job chapter 23 and verse 12. Praise God. Are you learning something this evening? I can't hear you. I said, are you learning something this evening? Say amen if you are. Alright. Joel 23 and verse 12. I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have Treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Hmm. Let's look at that. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Look at his perspective. Now, Let's, let's put it this way. What is it that takes our time from not studying the word? Is going about looking for necessary food. That's what takes our time, right? Come on, right? Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this question. Have you realized, if I, if I ask you right now, right? If I ask you now, everybody here, what are you working for? What are you working for? The first thing is to have a better life. Okay. Good answer. What is a better life? What's a better life? But we well, realize that sometimes all our vision of better lives is we stay in a good house, we have car, we can go on vacation, we can do this, we can do this. You know, that's what is better life for us. Now, could we pause some time in our pursuit for that better life and esteem the word of God higher and spend time with God's word? That's what, that's what Job is saying. That I have treasured the word of his mouth more than my necessary food. So let me give you an example. God speaks a word to you. And God says, for instance, I'll take care of you, or I'll do this, or I'll do this, or I'll do this, or I'll do this. Have you esteemed that word more than the safety that the natural world can give to you? Okay, let me use a biblical example. Here, there was famine in the land, right? And everybody was going to Egypt. Damn, filling forms. Egypt, 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 here we come. Egypt, here we come. Egypt, here we come. And Isaac also bought the forms. And the Lord says, don't go. Stay in this land. How many of you know that that's a very risky way to live? Because if somebody asks you, why are you staying? Say, God told me. Say, okay, those who are going, you see that God didn't tell them. But you know, what Isaac did in that place was to esteem God's word more than the necessary strategies and pursuits that would put this food on his table. Did God respond to that word or not? He did have you come to the place in your life where it is the word of God sustaining you? For some of us in ministry, it's God's word sustaining us. It's not the promise of anyone. It's the fact that we know that God sent us an assignment. And we keep our eyes on that word. Because then, someone will come to there and say, man, you blessed my life. Oh. I've never seen a preacher like you. Don't worry. From today, I'm going to be giving you one million every month. And he gives you the first one million. And he says, spend it quickly. Spend it quickly because you have only 31 days. Another million is coming. And then the guy forgets. You think you can do ministry on a long term on that? You can't. Now, the contract is this. If a minister is not esteeming, even as a pastor, if he's not esteeming the word of God more than his necessary food, what's the pastor going to do? He's going to try all methods that he knows to get food on his table. But if a minister is esteeming the word of God more than his necessary food, what he's going to do? He's going to put more attention on making sure that the people are rightly taught, and then he'll trust God to meet his needs. It's the same thing with our lives. If we would rate your spiritual energy you put into Bible study and the energy you put into whatever you are doing, what's what's going to take the greater energy? Some of you have been believers for years. You've never completed the Bible. There are some Christians that have never read certain portions of the Bible. How I many of you have studied Nehum? Say where? Who wrote it? Shinra Shebe? No. Praise God. You like God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory. Philippians 4:19. I can do all things. You like that? Well, you know, if you really want to be healthy, you can't pick and choose which food to eat. Praise God. We have to be systematic. In our study of the word. I just want to encourage you this evening. To rearrange your life. Let's rearrange our lives. And let's put the word of God first place. And that's what what, what is affecting our churches today. We have so many things. And then the word is. We cut down the word time all the time. It's a lot of praises. A lot of drama. A lot of this. And then bam. That's why. Today when I get invitations to go and preach, the first thing I ask is how many minutes am I preaching? That's what determines if I'll come. Because I won't travel all the way. And then you give me 25 minutes. We must restore again prime value for God's word. Do it in your life. Don't reduce your word time. Don't reduce it. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm telling you tonight? Even if you need to wake up earlier, get up and spend time in the Word. Esteem God's Word. It will change your life. Esteem His Word more than your necessary food. Separate yourself. Take a vacation for the Word. Go lock yourself in the hotel. Spend time with the Word, going through the Word. Most of you would have heard the story of Bishop Oedibor and how he took. Kenneth and Gloria Copeland's book and took the Bible and went before the Lord to show him the secret of prosperity and everything and he read the word and he said, I cannot be poor and uh, whatever. But realize that today, people, people don't want that. They just like the phrase, I cannot be poor. After the order of Bishop Oedipo. What order is that? What order is that? No people just want to latch on. I belong to this commission. In this commission, we are not poor. I, I don't have any problem with that. But you will ask yourself: the man you are following, was that how he got to where, to where he is? The answer is what? Is no. What did he do? He took books. He took the Bible and separated himself. I, 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 are you following what I'm saying? So, in as much as you are within his association and all that, you must also learn the key. What is the key? You separate yourself too. You get a word. And I'll tell you something. If God's word comes to you on any area of your life, that area will forever be settled. That's the truth. I mean, I, I am never bothered about financial provisions. Never. I've, it doesn't give me worry. Never had to. Because I knew that was a big issue in ministry. And I took time. I took time. I took years to study and establish my heart on the fact that God is my source. And nothing changes that. Nothing changes that. Nothing changes that. I can... Confidently, seeing over 12 years of ministry, we'll never have to ask anyone for anything. If we've ever asked people for stuff, it is to either do ministry work, never ask for anything for a personal need. I will never ask, they will die. Why? It's the reality of God's word. When I sent you, did you lack anything? Nothing. Nothing. Praise God. So, what I want to encourage you today is get into the word. If you are sick, Get healing books. Separate yourself. If you're suffering from lack, get books on prosperity. Shut down your phone and study God's word. If you're struggling with low self-esteem, get into the truths of the new creation. Let's begin to restore that hunger for word again. Praise God. Today, people meet you. And you say, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Pray for you for what? Oh, I'm believing God for this. What scripture are you standing on? Say, nothing. I'm just standing under the grace of this commission. (laughs) I mean, we joke about this, but that's why you discover that. That's why you discover that there's a lot of, um, how do I put it? There's a lot of asking. There's a lot of human dependence. Have you observed? I mean, in our generation, there's a lot of human dependence to get things done. Praise God. Yeah, have you observed that? Can you help me? Can you help me talk to this person again? No, there were days when people just said, this is what I'm believing God for. And the fact that they were trusting God for those things, they even didn't want to share it with their friends so that their friends wouldn't make it happen. They wanted God to prove himself. You need to have some faith projects like that in your life. Things you just say, listen, God, I'm trusting you for this. I'm not going to talk to anybody about it. My faith is on the line and you get it. That's how you train yourself in the things of the Spirit. Praise God. So what are we living here with tonight? Let's treasure God's word. When the Bible is being taught, don't distract yourself. Pay attention. It's your life. When you come to church meetings, come with a heart that I'm going to hear a word from God today that will transform my life. When you're listening to a message, pay attention. Shut down your phone for that one hour and listen to that message. I'll just say this quickly and then we we'll close. Pastor Banky was talking about the first time. Now listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Pastor Banky was talking about the first time he went on radio. When he went to ask how much they were... Um, he was talking about it in the last minister's conference. When he asked how much they were paying for radio, he said when he heard the price... The 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 thing that came out from his mouth was like almost like from his heart was almost like should I slap you? How do you take that kind of amount to go on radio? Like it was huge to him then. He said, but one day his wife was to do something somewhere, and he took his wife there. So he sat in the car listening to a message, and as he was listening to the message, it's it's like the spirit of faith came up in him. And he's like, "Wow, we can do this radio thing." He went to the radio station and got the deed for the radio station. Now, this was what—this is the funny thing. That particular radio station, there was no religious program, and the general manager had said there should be no religious program. But the general manager travelled, and there was another manager in that, you know, available at that time. And that manager got him a slot on the. And and to, tell you, to, to show you how the general manager did not want a, a, a religious program the, the pastor of his own sister had requested to be on the radio station and the man said no so that's to tell you he didn't want it but somehow Pastor Banky gone in and then as of when he was sharing with us there were, they were on 16 radio stations all around and there's no struggle to pay the bills. What happened? What happened? The word of God cost the resources and that opened us to come I'll tell you this, if we will stick with God's word, it will cause the resources to come. If we will stick with the word, he will cause the open doors to come. If we stick with the word, the things we're running around for in this life, God will show us the best way to go about them, but we must have the right attitude towards the word. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I ask that you would renew our minds where your word is consigned. Now, Father God, we'll just begin to have this reverence for your word. To receive, to learn from you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.